0: Hello everyone, hope you're all having a good week so far. God bless you. If you've been following our English audio ministry over the past few weeks, we've been going through some challenging stuff, speaking about the end times. I know that hearing about difficult things may not be easy, that's why it's difficult, but it is ultimately God's word and God desires to prepare us for things that may have already started happening or may happen in the near future. We need to be ready. But the only way to be ready is by knowing and understanding what may happen soon enough. What we always need to keep in mind is that no matter how difficult things may get, we always have something awesome and wonderful to look forward to. And if we remain faithful until the end, no one can take that away from us. So don't get discouraged or worried for things that may happen here. The best things in eternity are getting closer and closer. So well then. As part of today's prayer outlook, I would like to bring to your attention things that the mainstream media may not be covering very well, but that doesn't mean that these terrible things are not happening. We are, of course, very happy that the kids' soccer team from Thailand is safe and hope that those folks give credit ultimately to where credit's due, to God, of course. One place or group of people in particular I would like to encourage you to pray for is for our friends in Nicaragua. During the past four months of protests, it is estimated that more than 260 people have died so far. That, of course, does not include folks that have been injured, which are over 1,800 people. Those are considerable numbers that seem like they will only increase as unrest continues. Like I have mentioned before, there are many other people that may be going through very difficult and painful things that we may never come to know about because certain folks in power don't want to talk about them. So we need to stay attentive and alert and above all sensitive to issues because we need to care and to pray for those things because prayer can bring about change. So let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we praise you. We worship you, O Lord, because you're good, because your mercy is everlasting. Heavenly Father, give you thanks for your son, Jesus Christ, for the salvation that we have through him and because he brings us closer to you, Lord God. He actually has bridged the gap, Lord God, that sin had in our lives. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray right now, this moment, Lord God, for, um, for the people in Nicaragua. Heavenly Father, I know personally that there are brothers and sisters in Christ that have already died. Heavenly Father, we pray for your mercy. We pray for peace, Lord God. We pray, Heavenly Father, that that your spirit may reign, that you might be able to bring out a ministry, Lord God, to those people. Heavenly Father, we know that the solutions are not here in this world, but they're in eternity. But we need to focus on you, and Lord God, we, we pray, Lord God, that you may just send your servants, that you may send people to be able to share your word, to share your gospel, and that people in those hard times may come to you, O Lord, to be able to know you as their Lord and their Savior. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray, O God, that Nicaragua may come a place, Lord God, where your gospel may prosper, Heavenly Father. I pray now in the name of Jesus that you may guide us through your word, through your Holy Spirit, that you may help us to understand what you want to tell each one of us. And help us not only to understand it, but to hang on to it, Lord God, and that that your word may work in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today, we'll be talking about the Church of Pergamos. The passage we'll be reading can be found in Revelation chapter 2, verse 12-17. to And it says, And to the angel of the church in Pergamos write, These things says he who has a sharp two-edged sword. I know your works, and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. And you hold fast to my name, and did not deny my faith, even in the days in which Antipas was my faithful martyr who was killed among you where Satan dwells. But I have a few things against you, because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed to the idols, and to commit sexual morality. Thus you also have those who hold the doctrine of the Nicoladans, which thing I hate. Repent, or else I will come to you quickly, and I will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He who has a near, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches to him who overcomes, I will give him some of the hidden manna to eat, and I will give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name written which no one knows except him who receives it. It was believed that the city of Pergamum was probably one of the most influential cities of its time because of it was considered a political center. It was located with what is now known as Turkey. But what remains today are just ruins. Regarding its spirituality, and probably the reason as to why it was mentioned as where Satan dwells, was because they were probably even more idolatrous than most. The people of Pergamum were known as the temple keepers of Asia. The city had three temples, mainly. One dedicated to the worship of the Roman emperor, one for Athena, and the great altar of Zeus, the king of the Greek gods. Many scholars believe this altar is the throne of Satan mentioned in the passage. Because of all these things that were going on in this city, we can understand that Christianity was certainly not very popular, to say the least. Now regarding the message itself, there are quite a few things to see here. The first thing that the Lord acknowledges is that the church has been able to show their faith and do things pleasing to God despite the various influences they have around them. In general, of course. He even cites that they were faithful even after having some of their fellow brethren like killed like Antipas. And that is something important to realize because most people will second-guess their faith when it comes to a life or death situation. Most people are okay with expressing their faith when they feel surrounded by a safe majority that feel the same way that they do. But the only way you can really see a person's true colors is when their faith is tested by putting their life on the line for what they believe. When that life or death situation occurs, many people unfortunately turn away from their ideals and from their faith in the Lord. The Lord does have issues with the church. He has issues with their compromising and allowing for certain types of people to be tolerated that cannot be tolerated within the church body. He refers to having people in the church that hold on to the doctrine of Balaam. The doctrine of Balaam refers to how Balak tried to buy Balaam, a prophet, to curse the people of Israel for money, and there are severe problems with this. The first issue is doing something against the people of God themselves, and secondly, Putting a price on yourself to sin against God. The Bible teaches that the love of money is a root of all evil. So the love of money cannot be in our lives and can never fuel any type of decision or action. The Lord also cites the misleading of letting people eat those things that are sacrificed to the idols. The Bible says that you can eat anything as long as you do it with thanksgiving, but also, and more importantly, as long as it does not cause your younger brother in the faith to stumble. Back then, a lot of the foods were sacrificed to the idols, and people knew they were sacrificed to the idols, and then they were sold. That would cause new converts that were trying to turn away from idol worship and pagan practices to see older Christians get involved with the very stuff they were trying to leave behind. So, for instance, it's like a newly born Christian that is trying to leave drug addiction, seeing an older Christian do drugs. For instance, like marijuana. Even though this is a legal practice nowadays, it's still a drug. We have to remember that as Christians, we should not adopt the standard of society as our moral standard. But rather, our standard should be what God teaches us as being right before his eyes. And of course, the Lord is against committing sexual immorality, on any grounds. Fornication back then was quite common because society was very liberal, similar to today's world, but also it was part of cult and pagan practices. Basically, sexual intercourse was part of the pagan religions and their practices. The only way that sex is blessed by God is when a man and woman are married to each other. And within the marriage, the Bible actually encourages for the couple to enjoy intimacy with each other. Other than that, It's just wrong. The other thing the Lord talks against is that this group of people also had folks within the church that held on to the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which again was thought to have been people who tried to introduce heresy into church and did it for some sort of personal gain that could have been for power or for wealth. This church had similar influences to those that were present in the church of Ephesus, which was the first church we looked at. What should have the church done, or what should we do now, with such influences? Well, on a personal level, we cannot adopt these evil practices in our lives. We cannot let ourselves be influenced by the evil culture that surrounds us, and by any of that evil that might be in the churches we attend. We have to be very careful with what we allow in our lives, what we encourage and justify, and what we allow ourselves to be surrounded with. And if there is any of this in and around us, it needs to be purged with the help of the Lord. Otherwise, God will judge us along with the rest of those people that are involved with these evil practices. The Bible is very clear in that we cannot practice sin or for certain sins to become a lifestyle. Nor can we condone these things in any kind of way. We cannot support or least of all encourage sin. In Romans chapter one, it says, Who, knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. And as always, we encourage to hear what the Spirit says, to pay attention, to listen, to take God's truth into our hearts. Furthermore, he says that we need to overcome so we can receive those really special things that he has in store for those that love him. God will always reward those that remain faithful to him to those that love him. As we have mentioned before, and the reason why we're studying these different messages to these different churches, is that we need to absorb God's word into our lives, and that whatever needs to be changed, then we should change it through his guidance, through his prompting. And also we need to also be a positive influence to everyone around us. We become the light of the world that Jesus said we should be so that our light shines in the darkness of the world so others may be attracted by that light and become part of what God wants to do in their lives. God wants to do great things in everyone's life. But if we don't allow for God to make us stand out and to be special in the world, then what good are we? The Lord wants to do special things in our lives and around us, even in these end times. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I praise you and I worship you, O Lord, because you do want to do special things in our lives. You do want to change our lives, Lord God. And the way that you bring that about is by teaching us through your Word, through your Holy Spirit, helping us understand what is right, what is wrong, because there is such a thing as right and wrong. Heavenly Father, that it's, it's not a matter of perspective, of our opinion, of what we might think, but rather, Lord God, that we need to know that what you teach us is truth, and that, Lord God, that your truth is ultimately the best for us. Heavenly Father, help us to be able to understand, help us to be able to accept, and help us to be able to apply, Lord God, those things that you teach us. Lord God, so that our lives can be changed. And also so we can be a positive impact to everyone that's around us, Lord God. And no matter whether we're living in the end times and no matter what happens, Lord. Lord, you always want us to be light in the world. You always want us to be different. And you always want for our lives to have an impact. Heavenly Father, help us to think about that. Help us to be strong in you, Lord. Help us to remain in you. And help us to bring about those purposes that you do want to bring about. Because, Lord, at the end of the day, we're convinced through your word that all you want to do is just bless our lives. Help us, O Lord, to understand that we need to allow your word to work in our lives so that we can truly be blessed. And so that we can be a blessing to those around us. I give you thanks and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as always, please feel free to write us to our ministry website at theladderrain.org if you have any questions or prayer requests. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the whole world. May God bless you.